This is the Job Hunting Podcast, where I interview experts and professionals and discuss issues that are important for job hunters and those who are working to advance their careers. So make sure that you subscribe and follow, and let's dive right in. Hello, my name is Renata Bernardi. I'm the host of the Job Hunting Podcast. And today we have another career Q&A here at the Job Hunting Podcast. And I think these sessions are important because I do get quite a lot of questions from my followers, listeners, and when I do presentations and keynote addresses. And the questions are, are so good. And sharing them with you I think is important because you may be thinking um, the same, you may have similar problems in your career development and if you don't have them right now you may face them in the future. So answering them in this podcast allows me to share with you um, some of the ideas and concepts that I'm sharing individually with other people. These are not questions from my clients, these are questions that come via social media. So either through LinkedIn, uh, Facebook posts, uh, Facebook DMs, Instagram, and as I said, when I do uh, speaking engagements and they are public engagements as well. The episode show notes will have the list of questions with timestamps. So if you decide to skip ahead and only listen to the questions that are relevant to you, you can do that by checking the episode show notes where you will also find the link to my website, the link to the um, optimized job search workshop um, and several other um, services and free resources that you can download, the newsletter that you can subscribe to. I have a whole range of options to support you, whatever uh, investment you are keen to do in your job search and career development. So I urge you to go to the episode show notes or go to my blog and check out those links because we're getting close to the festive season. If you don't have any intention to stop your job search, either because you need to find a job quickly or because, you know, you're not very keen on the festive season, you have time in your hands and you want to spend it um, well and get ahead of the game, you can do that. If you want to take a break, you can do that. You know, we have options here and I'm here for you to support you, whatever you choose to do. I've been in this situation before job hunting during Christmas and New Year and I know it isn't easy um, and it can be a source of anxiety and stress and for that reason I am here to support you whilst you decide to do um, your job search or if you decide to take a break I'll be here when you're back so don't worry about anything. Let's go into question number one. Question number one is about the expected salary range. So this person has found, of course, and you may have found the same, that when you're doing online applications, it's mandatory to nominate your expected salary range, sometimes even your expected salary period. And this person is asking me for tips in answering. Well, my friends, the tip is you have to answer it, and you have to answer it honestly and frankly, and there is no... Um, reason why you would put an, an, a range or an expected salary that you don't want to get. 
this is really important and if you find yourself um, questioning the reason why that question is there or not knowing what to do then you haven't done your work homework before you started that online application and that's why a lot of my, the coaching that I do is helping my clients and my students develop their job applications in a way that um, uh, is a requires them to do a lot of thinking and preparation before they even jump on the online application, right? So, of course, uh, your employer wants to know your expected salary. It's a, a way for them to uh, understand where you sit within the range and if you are the right candidate for that role and for the budget and for the structure that they have. You shouldn't be worried or concerned. Um, you should... Um, have done your research first before jumping into that online application and and that research will tell you if that job is within your range and if it isn't within your range then don't waste time applying for it there are plenty plenty of other jobs for you to apply for and make a good impression and convert so what you want to do is when you're job hunting is to convert at each point of the recruitment and selection process. So if you're applying online, all that you need to do is get in front of someone, right? Is getting a call from the hiring manager or the HR manager or a person in charge of that online application process. And that's what you want to do. Um, so you have to answer all of the questions in such a way that converts you to that next level. But if the um, expected salary range for that online application is not the range for you all that it's going to do if you convert to that um, conversation is it will be cut at that next conversion right so you might get a, a call if you um, if you if you've matched their um, range that they're expecting to hire from but then you won't convert from the call to an interview, for example. So do your research and answer it truthfully. Be true to your needs and the requirements for your personal lifestyle, the, the range that you uh, feel comfortable with, um, and, and then move forward with that online application once you've done that research. Question number two, I have a problem that I am doing a job very well and management likes to keep me where I am. I am stuck in the same position for the last 10 years. Does it look like I'm missing a strategy on how to communicate with top management? So that question leaves me um, wondering. So I have questions back to you. If you feel like you are stuck uh, in the same way that this person uh, questioning this uh, feels like. I'm asking you, have you put yourself in a position uh, where it's well understood that you want to career advance? Have you used the time with your manager uh, when you have performance reviews or meetings one-on-one? -on -one? Have you um, made that call to action? Have you made inquiries about um, promotions. When there was a promotion, or oh, sorry, a job advertised internally, 
or a position that you knew were vacant, did you put yourself forward for that role? Because sometimes people forget to put themselves forward for roles and they expect to be tapped on the shoulder. And tapping on the shoulder sometimes happens and sometimes it doesn't. And it's important for you to communicate well. So it says here, I'm missing a strategy on how to communicate with top management. And my question back to you is, are you initiating that conversation with your management? Have you made it clear to them that you have a keen interest in advancing your career? And then um, making sure that you um, address that in such a way that um, you then develop the professional development opportunities to address any gaps in your skills and resources and tools and um, experience. So it may be that you need to do a little bit of professional development to match their expectations of how you would move forward in your career. But that's, you know, something that you might need to workshop with a mentor, with a coach, with your manager, if you have a good relationship with your manager. All of these things will help you in combination, will help you advance. And also letting your network know that you have ambition, that you have an interest in developing your career further from where you are now. And maybe clarifying for yourself what your personal plans are for your career for the next 5, 10, 15 years. As some of you may know from following me, I'm a big fan of um, setting long-term plans and then working backwards towards your next steps. And um, maybe what you need to do is also grow your personal um, understanding and your confidence as to where you want to go next. Question number three. I'm in a part-time contract role and I now have a, a director who wants to put me into a full-time permanent role. This full-time permanent role needs to be approved by the CEO and I'm not sure what will happen to my role if it's not approved. This is an interesting question because so many of us now are on short-term contracts. By short-term I mean anything between four months and two years and this can add stress and uh, anxiety uh, to uh, professionals who don't get a certainty about uh, what's going to happen next. Uh, many times I've seen professionals doing an excellent job for um, their employers on a 12-month contract and they have no clue up to the very last moment if their contract is going to be renewed or not. And even if the um, job that they're doing seems to have um, hit all the marks and the project seems to need further work from someone, <laughs> um, the, the approval process just lags behind. And this may be something that 
I'm assuming will continue to be a challenge and an issue as we move back into a new normal um, with many organizations putting projects back on in 2021, hiring people on short-term contracts because they don't really know um, yet how their new, their organization's uh, structures post-COVID will crystallize. And you need to be ready for um, plan A and plan B. It's really important to keep a mindset of you have no control over this. You have only a certain amount of control, but definitely the decision is not up to you and sometimes not even up to your manager and your co-workers. It's higher up and even though they may want you to stay and need you to stay, there could be issues higher up such as hiring freezes, um, lack of budget uh, for that financial year, a whole range of strategic issues in a very large corporation and sometimes even in smaller organizations that doesn't allow you to continue. So, in you know, it's really important to don't put all your eggs in one basket. And if you um, do my Research Your Career um, program, which you can find on the episode show notes and on my website, you will understand um, how I feel about that and how I help people to um, always... Keep that in mind that you can you can make um, a great impression by giving your job a hundred percent of your work, but never really um, advance in that role or have that role made permanent. And for that reason, it's important to continuously work on your career readiness, on making sure that you keep connected with your network, keeping an eye on job opportunities, having connections with headhunters and how to do that in an optimal way is really important, especially if you are, like I said, on a short-term contract where you have um, less control of what's happening next. So have a look at that. Uh, reset your career program and that may be a good one for you to invest in. It's not a, a big investment, but it will certainly help you um, have that mindset of making sure that you are ready to move on and step into the job hunting world should that position disappear. And it can happen and you shouldn't take that personally because it's not. Many times it has nothing to do with the excellent work that you've done. It's just the end of a project, end of a budget or other environmental factors affecting that organization, like hiring freezes, for example, that doesn't allow the organization to keep you. Question number four. What advice would you give me if I want to move from a small organization to a top-tier company? It seems like, for example, the big four consultancies only look for people who work for big four consultancies. Yes, it is true that a lot of us feel like consultancies, uh, big four, um, tend to be very um, insular in the way that they hire. But that's not really the case. 
I have seen um, the big four consultancies have a keen interest in hiring from manufacturing, from higher education, from government, from uh, banking and finance, because it helps them maintain their bridge to their clients. So when you are, and, and, and look, many of them are also um, supporting and uh, doing strategy for smaller private companies, for not-for-profit companies. So you shouldn't self-select out of those opportunities and believe that they will not hire you and therefore not apply when they have job opportunities. There is a way of positioning yourself for uh, blue chip companies, not just big four, that will help you um, in converting uh, from a job application to a call, from a call to an interview and so forth. And that has to do with your ability to convey your stakeholder engagement, your business development um, uh, abilities, your network and your skills and experience, your capabilities. These are the things that will really position you for as a great candidate to work for one of the big four or for a blue chip organization that is keen to develop partnerships and collaborations and um, have new clients in sectors and industries that they either have very keen interest or they don't have a bit, very big presence, but they're willing to grow. So that would require you to do a little bit of research on um, what's really of interest to the specific organization that you are applying for. You can do that by looking at their websites and seeing what their key themes are and what they're focusing on. If you're applying for Big Four, they are a thought leadership type organization. They will have put forward reports that you can read and you can get a lot of intelligence from reading those reports and seeing if they are aligned with the experience that you're bringing to those organizations. You have to find the commonalities, the alignment, and sync your career experience and capabilities with, with what you believe they need from employees coming in and um, how you can support them in growing or maintaining their current clientele. So consider that and see if that will um, help you as you apply for jobs in the future. I'd be really keen to hear back from listeners that are moving from small private companies, non-profits, government or higher education into um, consultancy and let me know what you experience over the next couple of months. Question number five. I recently started a new role. Should I plan for my next move now? I really love this question because that's how I think <laughs> personally and not because I didn't want to stay in the organization, but because I've always felt that each role was an opportunity to learn, an opportunity to um, meet new people, to do great work and implement wonderful projects, um, 
but I also always felt that it was a stepping stone to something else. And I think that that's how many um, think about uh, opportunities and not just millennials or younger professionals, but people my age as well. And it's uh, a flawed um, strategy to want to start a job and believe that you're going to be there for 10, 15 years. Your employer doesn't expect that of you and you shouldn't expect that as well. It's really important to understand that the average tenure now for a professional in the corporate sector and even in nonprofit as well would be three to five years, sometimes less, sometimes more. But you should uh, be really looking at what sort of opportunities does this new job will open up? What are the windows that I will then have three to five years from now? Because if you think strategically about that, you will engage with that job in a different way. I also think it's very important for you to do an excellent job wherever you started. And you can do that by starting your job as if you were leaving because you can then build a very good induction plan for your next um, your successor you can do um, a succession planning from the beginning as you are learning um, your job you can start taking notes and developing protocols and procedures and um, developing some sort of guidelines if there aren't any if it's a new position altogether because of the roles that I've had, they have mostly been brand new positions since 2009, 2008-9, we're now into 2020. It was an opportunity for me to develop my own PD, to develop the uh, protocols, procedures, strategies, implementation plan, operational plan from the get-go so that when I left, I felt like I was leaving a legacy behind and whoever was taking over, it would be such an easier job for them to hit the ground running and there wouldn't be any um, uh, sort of breaks in communication or misunderstandings. And I always left an organization letting everybody know that they could contact me anytime that they could um, ask me for help and I would be very keen to support them should they need my my help in understanding something or they couldn't find something and that has always been a very good uh, way of maintaining that network and making sure that they knew that they could count on me. So yes, I think that you should plan your next move when you start a new job. And I know that sounds weird, but it can help not only you and your career, but also your employer in the succession planning that will come when you leave. Question number six. I have just returned from maternity leave and I feel like I no longer enjoy my current role. What advice would you give in helping me find a new role? This is very true and something that can happen to women. It also can happen um, that you come back very eager to get your new to get your old role back and people for some reason expect that you don't want it. <laughs> so um, you have to have a very open and frank 
um, communication with your manager, hopefully, if you can have that, that would be great to let them know how you feel. If you're coming back from maternity leave and you can't wait to go back and hit the ground running and work full time and and you want the uh, the promotions, you want to um, be uh, leading projects, let them know. Don't let them assume that because you now have a baby that you are not keen on leading, managing, implementing and taking uh, responsibilities. Um, and I, I think it's very important to make that very clear. If you come back and you feel like, let's say, a full-time job is not for you anymore, it's too much to handle and you would prefer to come back in a more um, part-time basis and you need to have a better work-life balance for the time being and that's also something that you need to discuss, hopefully even before you return fully to your employment. So that arrangements can be made possibly within the organization to support you and that they may be able to find you an opportunity for you to come back. And it could be that you don't then come back to your original role if that role is uh, perceived as a role that needs to be done full time then you may need to come back into a different role. So those conversations are really important for women coming back from maternity leave and having the support that you need from HR, from your manager and your colleagues and your team will help you make the best decision for you and for your family. Now, it could also be that you stayed away for three months, six months, 12 months, depending on where you are in the world or how long is your maternity leave. And it gave you so much food for thought that you then decided that what you were doing before doesn't really ring a bell with you anymore. It, it's not your purpose. It doesn't give you joy and you want to do something completely different. Then it would you know, be important for you to talk to a mentor or a coach to make sure that you make the best, more strategic and safe next steps to take you from where you are to uh, a position that is financially sound, that um, supports you and your family, and you don't make any emotional or harsh or too, uh, too um, abrupt decisions that could backfire and those really big career changes I think require uh, the advice of mentors or coaches to support you because they can really you know cause quite a lot of uh, disruption and stress and you wouldn't want that especially if you have a small child to um, care for so um, think about that and remember that I have a, a 30 minute free call to support my listeners and followers should they need um, to contact a career coach. You can find that link on the episode show notes. I'd love to help you. Can you give me advice on how to do a better resume and LinkedIn? And can I send you my resume? So this is definitely somebody who hasn't gone to my website yet. But 
you know, I'm always giving you um, the best possible free advice that I can give through my podcast and through my social media posts. But of course, I am a career coach and I charge for services. So if you want to have a look at my LinkedIn audit, please do so. If you want to have a look first at my LinkedIn uh, podcasts, which I've done. I have um, a LinkedIn checklist, which you can download, and I'll put the links below in the episode show notes. And the resume is a tricky business because I have listeners all over the world, and I find it really easy to do LinkedIn audits for people all over the world because LinkedIn has normalized and standardized the way that we position ourselves as job hunters and professionals on um, a platform that is universal and everybody um, follows very similar guidelines to position themselves on LinkedIn. Resumes are a bit tricky because they tend to be country specific and sometimes industry specific as well. So for example, it's well known that in America, resumes are very short. Um, A page is all you need. In Australia, a senior executive can have a resume of up to five pages and nobody would complain about that. So I um, would always prefer to do resumes, cover letters, statement of selection criteria for my clients, my coaching clients. And in the Job Hunting Made Simple program, which is my group coaching program, I also can help uh, with resumes in a way that I can make sure that the advice I'm giving um, is the best possible advice for that student or client. I find it very um, risky for individuals to get advice from Google on resumes. Most career coaches don't like resume templates, not even the LinkedIn template, I don't think is uh, very good because of those differences. So if you are working alone and you don't have a coach, um, make sure that you do a lot of research and that your resume template resonates with your industry, your sector, and your country where you're applying for. And in fact, if I have um, clients that are in Australia and they're applying for jobs in the US, I have to adapt their resumes all over again, right? And um, all of these things are really important and are part of career readiness education and becoming better and better at job hunting. And as we um, have careers that will span 30, 40 years, and we know that we will change jobs every three to five years, it's really important for you to understand all of these steps in um, the job search and the recruitment and selection process. So well done for listening to this podcast. Make sure you subscribe and keep yourself in keep yourself in the loop about all of these um, important aspects of making sure that you the time that you are spending applying for roles is actually optimized so that it actually makes you a successful candidate. At the end of the day, what you need is um, get that job at the end of this competition that is recruitment and selection. So it's important to know that all of these different pieces of the puzzle, the resume, the cover letter, the email, the way that you present yourself on LinkedIn, the way that you network, not just when you need a job, but when you don't need a job, they're all part of your um, career advancement strategy. 
The last question is number eight. What is your advice regarding the holiday season and job hunting? Is there any point in job hunting in December and early January? So I will put a link below to my previous episode, which is all about job hunting over Christmas and New Year and December. I also wrote a LinkedIn article about it. There is a workshop, um, the optimized job search for the holiday season. There is a, um, a workbook that you can download with three different schedules and you can choose between job hunting full-time, job hunting part-time, or having a light touch job hunt. What does it mean? It means that you're going to be doing a few tasks each day or every other day, which will make sure that you keep a finger on the pulse of what's happening and uh, connecting with people, which then will allow you to enjoy the rest of your day and the rest of your time. And you're not going to be worried about job hunting whilst having your Christmas parties and catching up with people. I remember um, not doing anything, but then being extremely anxious about not doing anything. Um, and, you know, it's much better to do a little bit each day or every other day in the light schedule of job hunting that I propose in the workbook that you can download. There's a link below. And that will at least make sure that when you're you know, when you're enjoying yourself, you're not thinking about it because you have a schedule, you have a routine that you're following and you know that you're doing the best you can. But look, you can also uh, job hunt full time. It's job hunting is like a full time job. It's no different. And there are definitely um, enough activities to keep you occupied all day long. If that's, you know, what you need to do or that's what's what you, what you want to do. But like every other job, you can do it part-time. Or if you don't have the time and the opportunity or you really want to take time off to spend with your family or your friends or travel, then you can do the light version. So these three options are available in the um, document that you can download and there will be a link in the episode show notes for you to do that. So I hope you have a wonderful holiday season and festive season and that you have the best possible time be it job hunting and investing in your career or enjoying time with friends and family whatever you decide to do you know that i'm here for you this podcast will continue on an episode every week and if you sign up for my newsletter you'll be receiving a newsletter from me i will take a couple of weeks break between christmas and new year but you can book times to have a consultation with me, do your LinkedIn profile, whatever you need to do, just go to my website and see what's available there for you. It'd be great to keep in touch. Bye for now and I'll talk to you next week. I hope you found this episode useful and that it helps your job hunting and career plans. Don't forget to subscribe and follow me on social media and on your favorite podcast app. And please join the Reset Your Career community so I can send you free tools and resources to make your career advancement more successful. See you next time.